Tanakoto Katoa, welcome to Inside Netball. Courtney Tidy, Jenny Woods, Adine Wilson. We've just come off the back of round 14, the penultimate round of the ANZ Premiership. And oh my goodness, how exciting was it? There was only two points in the Tactics Magic, only two points in Mystics Pulse, and then one point with the Stars and the Steel, Jenny. Well, the crazy thing was, I mean, you did expect the Stars steel game to be close. I don't know how many people really thought the other two games would be close. Uh, you know, Magic Tactics and then Pulse Mystics, where I thought at one point the Mystics were just going to throw the whole game and uh, collapse in a heap, but uh, very exciting. Yeah, brilliant. I love this competition this year. The fact that we've got to round 14, so many close matches. I think um, we've been very fortunate that we have got a lot of even teams this year. Yes, the Magic have not won more than one, but they've got seven bonus points. They've gone within five so many times. They've pushed teams. The Pulse are the same. How many bonus points do they seven have? Seven as well. Seven as well. So every game has been a fabulous game to watch. We haven't, the odd time there's been that blowout in the school but by far and away the majority have been close and that's the way you want it and that's the way you hope next year it's going to be as well so critical when we see how these squads come out over the next month or so and does that come down to the tier system that has been introduced this year possibly because uh, we heard from the coaches talking about contracting Kitty Will she said you need to get those top tier players and then it kind of a waterfall effect then you have to start picking players around that and it depends on what tier they are what money they'll sign and move for and, and going back to those tiers, because it, you can only have so many in each of those tiers. So there's tier one to tier five. And so it is encouraging that spread of players. And what I find interesting as well is your imports can't be in tier one. They, I, I think the, the highest they can be from memory is tier three. And so the way you get more funding for those um, import players is getting those um, third party contracts to bump up how much you can pay them to attract them over to New Zealand. So, I mean, it's just fascinating what the coaches and the CEOs have to go through to put a team together. And where do you start? Do you start with an import or do you start, as Kitty pointed out, those those two top tier players and then start throwing things together? It's a, you know, it's a real, it's almost a mathematical formula. Now we know from the results of round 14 that the tactics and the steel have made it through to the elimination final. Where it will be is yet to be determined, uh, but it's going to be a southern derby. It is going to be a Southern Derby and that makes round 15 so interesting. The Steel are playing the Pulse at home in Invercargill. The Tactics are playing the Mystics in Christchurch. So arguably the Steel have the easier game. Is that stretching things a little far? Because the Pulse, they've come out and they've shocked a few teams by maybe not getting over the line but they've certainly pushed them. I don't think there is an easy game, is there no. this year? I just don't think you can call it. I mean, look at, you know, in round 14 we thought that there were you know, a couple of uh, games that were more easier to pick, and they weren't. No. I mean, <laughs> they weren't. They nearly uh, dropped them. So, you know, I just think it's fascinating. I, I can't wait, and I'm particularly interested in that tactics mystics game because I wonder what the tactics of the mystics. Now that's very clever. <laughs> I wonder what the tactics of the mystics are going to be. Do you go flat out and just want to show why you are, you know, um, well, minor premierships winners? Um, or do you save yourself a little bit, given that you're, you're, you're going to have a week off? Well, it is their last game mm. until the grand final, so I think they need to go hard enough, especially after the Pulse got with, within so close. Uh, we heard from Sully Fitzpatrick, their captain, that they need to sort out a few kinks.
They do. And and I think what's interesting too, even though it's only one weekend off, it's actually two weeks yeah. of not playing netball. Yeah. And, and we've heard that potentially, and most teams do, they'll organise a game for that middle weekend to try to keep things feeling normal and keep those same timings going. But it is a challenge um, when you have that week off and well, yeah, it's not really a week off, but that, that no official game that weekend. And time will tell if that plays for or against them. Um, but I think what's lucky as well for whoever wins out of the steel and tactics or if they both win and it goes back on goal diff you're going to get two games at home in a row because both of those teams are playing at home this weekend and they will then get the home elimination final at home so the winner that is so I think that will also be an advantage and the steel they have been a surprise package this season, right? Because I think not many people would have thought they were probably going to be up there by the end of this season, but they are. Even uh, head coach Ranga Bloxham, she said uh, in pre-season, even her and Joe Morrison were a little bit worried and they went back to the drawing board and thought, oh no, we need to sort some stuff out here. But I mean, they have, well, they've surprised me. Have they surprised you? Oh, totally. And I think, I love the fact, I love the fact that um, Tiana Maturo and George Fisher think they're sisters. We're just super tight off court. I feel like we always joke about it. We're both um, born in Hertfordshire, so we kind of like to say that we're long-lost sisters, but um, we love each other, um, and it is kind of like a sister thing, but I just trust her, she trusts me, and I think our craft's just coming together really well. They obviously have such a groove going uh, off the court that they, uh, that circle is just wonderful. And that's a hard thing when you play the steel, isn't it? If they can if they can score off their own. You get 50% of the ball. So if you keep scoring off your own, score off the odd turnover that you've converted, you really put a huge amount of pressure back on the other team to be accurate and to score off their own. And I think that's just building that pressure slowly over games that's giving that steal, that real advantage and making them steely. <laughs> and they do play that possession game. We saw it a couple of weeks ago against the Mystics. They just held possession, didn't play a quick tempo like the Mystics because the Mystics can score within five, ten seconds, but they still just hold the ball, they work it through, get it to their shot. Right, my next question is, when do you take a player oh. off the court? If we look at when uh, the Mystics played the Pulse, uh, Mystics made some changes and Bailey Mez went off, but she came back in onto the court in a crucial time and I think her experience really showed and so I thought that was a great substitution. But when do you take a player off the court? Well, that's the art of being a good coach, isn't it? Is knowing when to do that. I uh, certainly... I, I have no idea and I really felt for Kerry Wills in that game between the Stars and the Steel because you could see that Maya Wilson was struggling and I get, you know, you can either you leave them out there to, to work through their troubles or do you whip them off? I guess all the um, chair coaches out there will be saying why didn't she pull her earlier and I think um, you, you do hope that someone will pull themselves in and it's really just a minor adjustment to Maya's shot for it to go in that hoop um, but yeah I made the call that I did and we came back in it and could I have done it earlier you know woulda shoulda coulda I'll beat myself up about it and so will everyone else but that's just the way it is. I'm certainly not going to criticise her for it because I wouldn't have known what I would have done. Look, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's so hard and it could have paid off and it nearly, very nearly did. They had a shot at that really, those dying moments of that game. Poor Monica Faulkner. It basically went in, went around yes. the hoop and popped back out. So it was so close to being the right decision to leave yep. her on until that late change with uh, Monica Faulkner.
Well, someone else who was a shooter was Dame Nolene Todua. She was at uh, the, across the matches this weekend. So let's hear her thoughts on Inside Netball. The first question, and, and this one comes out of um, what we saw yesterday, that Maya had a few few struggles um, shooting at times. And it was a question I also asked of Kitty at the end of the match. You know, how do you as a coach, what things come into it when you have to make that decision either to leave a player on and let mm. them work their way through it or mm. to take them off? Yeah, look, it's not a one, not a cookie cutter answer, I think, because um, there's a lot of variables that um, you've got to take into account um, or consideration. So I suppose how I look at it um, with our training, so I sort of wind the clock back, but with the trainings, it's really important that the players are put under pressure. Um, not only from their ability to be able to deliver, but then I get a really good understanding of their behaviours and their actions and what they look like under pressure normal, so to speak. So that's probably my first starting point. And because of that, I get an understanding of also them as a person, how they react, but also their ability to be able to come back and do their job. So um, I think all those things that happens outside the, um, the game is really important, gives you that understanding of that individual. So that's one part of it. Um, the second part of it, depending also where individuals are in their, I suppose, the balance of their life, um, you know, have, are they solid, but at that moment of time just need to work themselves through? Or are there other things that's happening that could be, um, that adds to the instability, I suppose, or the inconsistency of their ability to be able to perform? And then the third thing I've learned on the way, I must say, is to make the change. Um, I think I've been around for such a long time where my gut actually tells me um, the timing of the changes, also knowing you haven't got time if you're waiting too late for somebody to come back into the mix. I think nowadays with the ability to put people on or take them off, to sometimes rest them on the side or give them that opportunity to look at the game from a different perspective, take a breath, and sometimes it's quite nice to reintroduce them. But if I can give you a good example where I was on the tither, uh, was actually in the, um, the, I think it was the last game, actually, the grand finals with uh, Maria. Um, and the first maybe five or 10 minutes of that first quarter oh my gosh she missed shots you know the ball went over her head and I had actually started so I had actually said to the bench warm up um but then slowly there was those things when she actually got her eye in and I, I could see the shift that she made and then from there as a person I knew she was back on track so, you know, it's a lot is around the individual and knowing the player, but also knowing what ticks and also knowing that you have to win the game. So <laughs> it's very difficult to be able to say one cookie cutter thing, because I think for me, there's a lot of variables. And at that time, you just got to make the call. Do you remember as a former shooter going through anything like that, that when you just lost your confidence to turn and look at the post? Yeah, I think that's a part of um, 
probably part of the hazards actually or what happens in your role um you know sometimes you can be just really confident you can have a great technique and just the rhythm's really good but also you know giving credit to the opposition sometimes as well where they can take the timing out and then you not only lose confidence, but you probably doubt yourself a wee bit. And fondly enough, actually, it's the shots that are underneath the post that kill you because it sort of also um, exemplifies that you should not miss when you're underneath the post. So for some reason, with a lot of shooters, that's the one that actually gets in your head. The more that you miss underneath the post, the more that you get the quivers. Um, you know, at least it's sort of an excuse the further away from the post you are. So once again, that's the hazards of the job. And it's about, you know, pulling yourself back and, and really looking at your technique and getting that rhythm again. You've got the constellation coming up. You're going to have to name a new captain. Have you got any front runners or, or what are you looking for in a player to be your captain? Amelia Ann has done a really amazing job and also, um, you know, with the support of Jane and also Gina, I'm I have been so happy with all three of them because one, they've had the experience of the Netball World Cup and being amongst those other leaders who also shared uh, the qualities as well as being performing out on court. But also, I think where our team is starting to head, I know it's the old cliche, everyone's a leader and all this sort of stuff. But generally, we are heading into that direction where we've got some really good leaders, uh, you know, like the Sulu's being out there and starting to really stamp her mark. Sam Winders, who has been fronting up week in, week out, you know, for the magic, haven't won a game since round one, but she's the trooper and she's still there you know, clear in her own right. So um, I think we've got a good stock of leaders that either have represented their um, franchise well, but also have been in the mix of the Silver Fern. So I think the biggest thing for me at the moment is really looking at this ANZ and the players who have been consistent, but also marrying up with those players who I know in the international scene. And that's really important. And I think uh, where it comes down to is that person that has the ability to work with everybody within our group. That's pretty much what our environment's about, but also having the ability to do the job on court. Always great to hear from Dame Knowles. Uh, well, she's going to name her squad two days after the grand final. The grand final is on Sunday, August 8th. The Silver Fern squad will be named on August 10th. Who's she going to name? And we need a new Silver Ferns captain. Well, I think, and I've said this on air in commentary, I mean, I think Sue Fitzpatrick has her hand so far up in the air, there's, there's no one near her. But then it might just be that I've been, I have done a lot of Mystics games <laughs> lately. Uh, and I just think her leadership is outstanding. She's got um, a number of years behind her. And I think that's what a good captain needs. You need experience. You need to have perhaps been through a few hard times and I think she has and um, she I just love the way she you know bellows from the back court which Jane Watson another yes. possibility also does but I just think it seems to me those players would walk over hot coals for 
Fitzpatrick. She's got mana. She's yeah. just got mana. And, you know, as you said, people will follow her because of, of the environment she's obviously creating, the communication she has with her players and with her coaching staff. That's what some other players have talked about as well. She's nailing that. I just think she's fabulous. But, you know, Gina Crampton's been part of that leadership model yes, as well. Gina and Jane. Gina and Jane. Shannon Saunders as well. And I think that's what Knowles has is encouraged too, that yes, there is a captain, but having that wider leadership group, so all that pressure doesn't just sit on one player, that it is shared amongst a number. And there is applied pressure when you are a captain, isn't it? Even when we look at the ANZ Premiership, because you have to look after the team, but you also have to look after your own performance. And it just adds, especially in these high-pressure situations in games, heading into finals, you're not just thinking about yourself, and it does apply a lot of pressure. Well, it does, and I mean look at the stars and you know we mentioned Gina Crampton before and I, I must admit when the teams came out I thought oh you know captain for the stars and I can see why the team chose Maya Wilson I mean I think she's the only foundation yes. player still there and that's good reason but she is only 23 and she's a shooter yes and you talk about those pressures and I know we've got the um, uh, what's the word the, the, the advantage of you know uh, hindsight here but boy, it, it's obviously made things very hard for her. You know, it's not easy. And I think as, as a captain, um, thinking way back, <laughs> um, you do. You, you, you worry about a lot of things. Well, I used to worry about a lot of things. And so there's a lot going through your brain. And then if all of a sudden you've got lost a little bit of confidence in your own performance, then that's a lot of stuff going through your head. That's a lot of stuff that you're having to, to um, work your way through. And again, I think that goes back to having that leadership group spreading that load, relying on others around you that really can help you get through that. So I think it's a massive thing to have that leadership group. Um, who else do I think would be a silver fan cannon? I don't know, Jane Watson would have to be another option out there. And obviously there's not going to be Emilia Ekinasa, she's not going to be she's not going to be back yet. And we're still waiting to hear Katrina Rory, what she's going to do. Um, obviously she's not back in time for Constellation, but I just can't wait to hear if she's going to play next year. You're getting the yes. feel she is. And then the question will be, who will she play for? Who yeah. will she play for? Just, I was just thinking, as you said Jane Watson, then of course they're both goalkeepers and something and I think it might have been you said in commentary last week when the Mystics made a switch to put Fitzpatrick to goal defence to get her voice down the court. Mm. Now is that a factor? And do, do you look at your mid-quarters because you know, that they can, well, they can run as much of the court as they like, just about. And you um, want to have someone, I think, that's virtually in your starting seven, right? Yes. Because yeah. you need to have someone that's consistently going to be on. You know, there's there's some a number of defenders that are stepping up, and would Sulu get the start? You've got Karen Berger, you've got Jane Watson. Exactly. Would you be starting those two in the defensive end? So is there even a starting spot for Sulu Fitzpatrick? So does it push you back more so towards Jane or to that midcourt where perhaps Shannon Saunders might be an obvious start or Gina Crampton? Wow. Well, and Laura Langman, she was captain of Silver Ferns in the middle. I was going to say it is sometimes hard if you're the centre running up and down the court to use as much as your voice as others. But then you have Casey Corpua, who was goal defence, and she could stand on that line and give you her <laughs> orders. Exactly right. So, yeah, does it? And we don't usually see many shooters because obviously they have a lot to think about and a lot of pressure. But then Amelia Rand, she stood up as a Silver Ferns captain. Yeah, but when you when you do look at 
percentages of yeah. positions of captains, I do feel like there has been more towards defenders and middies than there has been shooters. Um, obviously, Ekanasio, Belinda Colling, it yes. um, was um, a Sylvan captain. Going well, back, she was further. more a goal attack than a goal shoot, wasn't she? She was. Hey, well, I, I think of Vicky Wilson. Vicky yeah. Wilson, yeah. And, yeah. I know yeah. and yeah. who just yeah. She'd they, been around a very long time, and again, that goes to age and experience, right? When she mm -hmm. was captain, vastly experienced um, um, player as well. Yeah, but just in terms of that access to your players mm. down the other <laughs> end of the court, you know, just you couldn't just lift an eyebrow, could you? <laughs> you I don't know. I think she could oh, have, she and they <laughs> would have followed and watched what she said. They would have been scared if they didn't. And Vicky Wilson, she used to be assistant coach at the Silver Ferns, and speaking of coaches... There's got, there could be some coaching positions up for grabs. We know the magic uh, one is. So your thoughts on possibly coach movements? Well, there's all sorts of talk, isn't yeah. there? And, I mean, of course, none of it we know whether or not it is or it isn't. But uh, it, it, it sort of certainly makes for interesting chat. And, I mean, there's a few names that are being bandied about. Um, Natalie Milicic's yes. names I've heard. Tiara Hakinen. Yes. Um, Timmy Parabaley. <laughs> And so, I, you know, the people are out there. And, of course, there may well be somewhere. Oh, Vicky Wilson's one, whose yes. name's popped up. Um, so who knows? Although I wonder how easy it would be for her to get into the country. Mind you, we let Rob... Right in. right in, we did. Yeah, so I think it's going to be fascinating. And as we spoke about in last week's podcast, you have to nail that coach to attract the players. So if there is going to be any more movement within coaches, we know Magic, absolutely. But possibly, you know, there could be other things that happen after people wrap up and review mm. their season. Some may want to step away for a while or some may be forced to step away for a while. So it is going to be fascinating over the next few weeks. Not only are we looking at what player movement there's going to be, but is there going to be new coaches within um, the, the ranks of the ANZ as well? Another actually obvious one I should have mentioned, Mary Jane Aroa. Yes, exactly. Mm. And Rob Wright, during the season, he said after the ANZ he'll head back to Australia. But uh, speaking to him recently, he said he might stick around a bit longer. Really? So what would he be sticking around for? Could he possibly be helping out the Ferns? But could he be waiting to help the diamonds when they come here or if the roses come so your thoughts on what he could be sticking around for possibly oh, any number of jobs uh, oh. I have I have no idea but well all of those earlier ones uh, I mean he uh, from what I've read I mean you certainly know him a lot better than I do but he seems to be very content as an assistant yes. coach rather than a head coach so um, there could be a number of areas I mean he could oh no he wouldn't I, he, I, he seems to have come in at a time for the mystics that's been very beneficial to them and, and settled them. And so he may well just be staying. And just touching on what you said about Rob, he is one of the smartest tactical coaches I've ever had. And he can just tell you to do, change one or two things and it can change the whole game or just change what you do. And I know a lot of the Mystics players said, when he came in, he just said, why do you do that? Why don't you just get it to the circle edge? Why don't you add one more pass and then put it in? And it's proved to work for them and, uh, and they love it. And I think what's good too, when you get the combination of coaches right, I think of back to Ruth Aitken and Lee Gibbs. And Ruth was very good at managing a team and creating culture and having that holistic view of players. 
Whereas the strength of Lee Gibbs was that tactical analysis. So put them together and they were like the ultimate coach because you combine them. So that's where I think has been the real strength for the Mystics. They've nailed that. And maybe we're seeing that as well down for the steel. We've seen Joe Morrison come in and she's working with Reanga Bloxham and you get the sense that those two are complementing each other. Now, Todd Miller, our Sky Sports Stats master, <laughs> he has said whoever wins the elimination final, he thinks will go on and win the grand final. Thoughts on that or even thoughts on who you think is going to be there. We know it's a mystic Sunday, August 8th at Spark Arena. Is it the tactics? Is it the steel? I think I don't know. If we had to make a decision, if you had to put a dollar on it. No, I'd take the rest. I really would. We've talked about players feeling tired. It's up to you what you do on that rest day. No, who's going to win it? That's oh, who's going to win it? Yeah, oh, yeah, who's going to win? Oh, yeah, I have Mystics. no doubt. Mystics. Yes. Oh, I, th I, was, I was answering the wrong question. <laughs> well, it made sense anyway what you were answering. Oh, it is hard. You know, my heart sits in the south. Um, yes. But I will have a closer answer after this Tactics Mystics game in round 15 on Sunday 4.15. That will answer a lot of questions, I think, for me. So... It's going to be fascinating and just, yeah, a must-watch. In fact, all, all of those of games... Must-watch well, games. Well, yeah. yes, must-watch games. And you? Well, I said it was going... The stars were going to be there, so I'm obviously <laughs> wrong. I said that at the start of the season. But oh, what we do know is the Mystics will be there. Should I go the Mystics? I live in Auckland. But then I played for the Steel. Well, it's a hard <laughs> one, isn't it? It is a hard one. I think the best way to We've be all is... We've on the fence here. I really, yes, I oh, really don't care who wins. Because I, I, you can make a story around each of them. Mm, you know, yes. the Steel... Yeah. That's a great story because, like, they're all—they're not all kids, but they're 21 yeah. or under most of them. And then you've got the, the wise old heads yes. leading them. Um, that's a cool story. We just want it close. Yeah, we and do. And the tactics. Well, you've got, you always—you know—you want sometimes Canterbury to do well, <laughs> <laughs> but you do. I mean, they're—they're they're battlers, you and they—you yeah. know, yeah. So and everything that they've been. Through. And we've got to do Lizzie Murdoch's um, support. Yes. For them while she's away in Tokyo. We do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do. But what we do know, it will be the grand final ANZ Premiership Premiership at Spark Arena on August 8th. We will be there, but make sure you get your tickets and you get there too. But thank you, as always, for joining us on Inside Netball.